With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
You know, I've learned a lot in business. There are some things that you just have to have if you want to be successful. A great-looking website, some stunning business cards, and a catchy design. You never get a second chance to make that first impression. Why not let TCC Printing make that first impression for you? At TCC Printing, we've got you covered. We guarantee your best impression. Let us start working on your success today. Give us a call at 312-217-0652 or visit us on the web at printpowersolutions.com. Hello, this is Prentice L. Allison, founder and president of SPSI, Service Perfect Solutions Incorporated, a network of financial service professionals teaching people how to use life insurance and annuities to retain more of their income and pay the least tax on it. Our toll-free number is 877-902-9048. We are proud to have serviced more than 500 clients, national and international, from ages 0 to 99 for the past 30 years. My tip to you today is, if you are a business owner with at least one employee, including yourself, it would behoove you to get business life insurance. Why? Thank you for asking. Seven points I want to leave with you. Your premiums are tax deductible. Your policy bills cash tax deferred. Your cash reserve inside the policy is yours to use tax-free. The policy will replace your income if death occur prematurely. The company will pay the premiums if you become disabled. The policy will return all premiums to you when you retire. Last but not least, make sure your agent is well experienced in business life insurance. Stay tuned for more tips on how to use life insurance and annuities to help yourself today and protect your family and business tomorrow. This is Prentice L. Allison, president of SPSI. Toll-free number is 877-902-9048. I wish you well, and to God be the glory. You are listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all news, all black, all you, for Thursday, August 25th, 2011. This new Internet-based broadcast is designed to service the African-American community in Chicago and surrounding areas. Tonight's segment is Black Wall Street USA. Join us right here every Thursday evening for Black Wall Street USA. We're here from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Thursday evenings, and we want you to be with us to be a part of sustaining and increasing black businesses across the country and the world. Our host is Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago and publisher and editor of the South Street Journal, located off of 35th and King Drive right here in Chicago. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network and author of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, Book One, 2010, and Mr. Carter's co-host for this evening's show. This show has a national focus. We reach out to organizations across the nation in our efforts to connect the dots, the spiritual dots of our people across this land. We bring forth ideas and agendas that are already in place to let the nation know what works. We bring forth people across the nation who know how to make it work. The ongoing question for this show is, what did black America accomplish in 2010? 
And what is our most important, what is our number one priority for our communities in 2011? At the top of the show, you are listening to the Tough Questions number one from my book, Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions. And don't forget to join us for a book discussion and signing on September 19th here in Chicago. We want to know if you can answer the tough questions. We'll share uh, some details later on the show for you. You are also listening to some new music for us from the Radio International Women of Reggae CD 2011 to be released this week. We want to thank Rochelle B. Wassum, and you can visit them at www.dbtribute.org slash www.reggaeprince.com to purchase Step Up. That's the song that you heard at the beginning of the hour. That's a great song. And some other songs from that CD. This is Black Wall Street USA, and our calling number is 347-326-9477. The chat room is open. I can see the chairman in the chat room. I'm going to put our contact information in there in a few minutes. And you can also leave your company information and website links in the chat room. That is how we connect. You may also listen to a rebroadcast of this show at WJPCChicago.com every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. That's www.WJPCChicago.com. As a matter of fact, you can listen to all of our Chicago's Black Business Radio Network shows right here in our archives on uh, Block Talk Radio. We've had some great guests over the past year and a half. Senator Donna Trotty was here, Dorothy uh, Brown, the circuit court clerk, LaShawn K. Ford has been with us, Shaka Barak, uh, the uh, Marcus Garvey Institute, and many others from across the nation. we got some great guests coming up in the near future. We're reaching out to some community organizers, uh, not so much because they're famous or because you recognize their name, but because of the things that they do in the community. Now, if you are interested in being a guest on an upcoming show, give us a call at 312 312- Two three nine eighty eight thirty five three one two two three nine eighty eight thirty five. That's my direct number, and Mr. Carter's direct number is three one two six two four eight three five one three one two six two four eight three five one. You can also listen to our shows at BlackWallStreetDistrict.com. We're right on the main page, right there, the National Black Wall Street website. That's www.BlackWallStreetDistrict.com. And for those of you who are rebroadcasting our shows, picking them up on iTunes, we appreciate it. But we sure would like to know who you are. We keep getting this feedback of these rebroadcasts. We would really like to to know who you are so we can direct people to listen to your show and listen to our show. That's how we grow. Both of tonight's guests have legendary roots right here in Chicago. Joining us first this evening will be Mr. Jimmy Tillman II. Mr. Tillman is an urban political strategist and president of an organization called the Martin Luther King Republicans. Jimmy Lee Tillman II is continually taking steps that could pave the way for his run for Congress in the 1st District here in Illinois. So we look forward to hearing from this black GOP and his perspective right after we get an update from the chairman. Also joining us a little later in the show is Chairman Fred Hampton, Jr., founder and chairman of the Prisoners of Conscience Committee. That's P-O-C-C, the Prisoners of Conscience Committee. According to Chairman Hampton, we are not a prison activist organization. We are a revolutionary organization. 
Now, as a national organization, the POOC engages in revolutionary work throughout the country, both through their own their own programs and through coalitions building uh, with other revolutionary peoples and organizations. And, yes, we are definitely behind Enemy Lines Chairman Hampton and dying on the vine, and sometimes we are even our own worst enemies. And according to the sax preacher, who was, I guess, a couple of weeks ago, Black America is in a state of emergency. Wake up, everybody. This is Black Wall Street USA. Our calling number is 347-326-9477. We have some new toys here on Blog Talk Radio, and they definitely, definitely do challenge me. So we're glad that you're with us, and please do stay with us. Let's let's uh, bring the chairman. Let's bring the chairman on. Welcome to the show. Ouch. Good evening, all. This is Ron Carter. Sorry for the little technicality of our uh, phone lines or our broadcasting. Uh, welcome to Chicago's Black Business Network. I am Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago and publisher and editor of South Street Journal. Uh, I can say that uh, every Thursday morning we have a planning meeting with um, the Black Wall Street. And as we did so, we reviewed our 17 districts throughout the Chicago, Illinois. Um, and with that in mind, there's still one, which is in Gary, Indiana, and also in Peoria, Peoria Illinois. Our focus is to sustain and increase black businesses. That was the agenda this morning. And as we did so, we focused over the past four years of our existence of the spirit of Black Wall Street and what it is, does it take in order for us to put it in the minds of our community, the necessity of sustaining and increasing black businesses. Uh, one particular thing uh, happened today is that we had some of our old members returning back. One was uh, Mr. Armstrong. He's opening up a the quarry on 75th Street, which is on an official Black Wall Street district, which resolution was passed in the House and the Senate of uh, the state of Illinois. Um, and so our focus uh, today was to do that, to focus on our individual business 
projects and our individual needs of actually having those businesses in the community uh, so that we can see when we walk down the street. So when we go down 69th Street, which is vaguely um, vacant, vacant with um, stores, vacant with vacant land, uh, as we look at Chicago Avenue, which have a lot of vacant commercial property, uh, when we look at um, Halster Street from 55th Street down to 69th Street, uh, when we look at even the uh, the coming of the red line extension that goes all the way to Argyle Gardens, our direction is to actually look at business projects that we need to focus in on into building and to sustaining. So that has been the the mix and the direction of our meeting today. But we understand also that there is a a, a bigger picture as we get to the sustaining and increasing black businesses. One part definitely is the politics that goes along with our business agenda. And then the other one is our social and our consciousness on the the movement and the the, the different trails of the movement. Uh you know, we had different type of movements uh from the uh movement to get out of slavery to the movement of equal rights to the movement of of uh civil liberties to the movement of uh, of human rights and to the movement of being a part of the American pie even the movement of the black president but we have not dealt with the movement of economics in as tense as we are but even prior to getting that there is a mindset i was uh, recently just looking at uh, trying to find a movie online and I found this movie, uh, and which really was a documentary, was called 500 Years After. And to my surprise, being an activist for over 40 years of my life, you kind of take the position that you have seen it all and that you have heard it all. Uh, but this here particular movie, 500 Years Later, kind of pinpoint what's going on with uh, blacks in America, blacks in the Caribbean, blacks in Africa, blacks in um, uh, um, the the Bahamas, uh, blacks in Brazil. What is that all connection? So even though on Chicago's Black Business Network we have had an array of guests that have had many different agendas. Even with last show, we had Miss uh, Naomi Davis talking about blacks in green and the wide perspective that that have. Tonight, we're looking at our two guests, uh, Mr. Tillman and the, the chairman of um, uh, Mr. Um, the chairman of one of the most profound movements. Um, that he has been brought from, and that was um, Fred Hampton, and how much of the movement that his father had and the legacy that he is uh, continuing. And then also uh, Mr. Tillman, the legacy of 
his um, uh, mother, the movement that she was in, even as it relates to the civil rights. So tonight there is a, a pass the torch, if you may, of children of the movement. And as these children are not children anymore, but they still carry the the, the banner, they still carry the torch that their parents have also uh, manifested and have contributed so much to these different movements. Uh, one, again, uh, Dorothy Tillman from the Civil Rights Movement of uh, Martin Luther King to the other one, um, Fred Hampton, Jr., to the the movement of the Black Panther uh, uh, Party and its movement. So with both of these uh, children of the movement on this show tonight, that kind of gives that big perspective of that 500 years after and where we are today in the year 2011. Uh, so, Sonia, uh, did you plan this on purpose, or did this just um, somehow just happen coincidentally, or did you know that you we was having the children of the movement on this program? Well, you know, I believe in perfect order, and it uh, what how it came about. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA with host Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, and I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, his co-host for this segment. I first booked the uh chairman Fred Hampton and uh in doing that, uh Mr. Tillman told me that he was also available for the twenty fifth. So I thought I would put uh let him do the lead in and uh let the chairman come after that and uh looking forward to some great dialogue here. It just it just worked out like that in perfect order, right? Okay, well, I could not ask for a better passing the torch from the past to the present, giving a perspective of the past for uh, 500 years to where we're going now. Uh, so good job, even though you didn't know what you was doing. <laughs> I, I do know what I'm doing, Tara. What do you mean? <laughs> well, I mean, it just so happens, you know, it kind of hit me as I was talking about it that we had children of the movement on tonight's program. That's right. That's right. And they should be. And we should hear about these histories. I mean, we should keep these histories, uh, you know, on the forefront of our minds. Uh, we get so caught up in what we're doing that we do forget these things. But we get and we forget to reflect on them and listen to them. I'm, I'm planning a show, and you don't know this, uh, but I am planning a, a Coming show and that just it just came about a couple of days ago. You know how I roll. Uh, which I would like to talk about some of the historical things about Chicago, some of the historical places and people who were there uh, during the the fifties and sixties and forties who are still with us and talk about being in those places and what was actually happened. That. Not from uh, reading about it, but about his, you know, listening to it from people who were actually in some places. You know, of course, Bobby Johnson would be one of those places. She's a historian, not historian. Not only in Chicago, but any and everywhere else. <laughs> Bobby's got Correct. info. So mm -hmm. Bobby Johnson came to mind 
And uh, also Miss Ali, because one of the shows, the first show that you did, Miss Ali, was on that show. And they're just a wealth of history and the movement and what was going on. So I am planning uh, some shows like a roundtable with three or four people so that we can talk specifically about some of the historical places and events that did take place and to people who were actually there. So that's that's an upcoming show. But, no, this just, this just came about just like it is, and it's uh, – going to be a great show. I'm glad that Jimmy Tillman took the time to um, join us this evening. And you have a history you with all of these people. You have, you've had, you've been an activist out there for a number of years. You have relationships with all of these people. Uh, talked to Fred Hampton Jr.'s mother this afternoon, and uh, she was saying to me, oh, I'm nobody. I'm just, uh, I'm just in the middle of all this stuff. I said, oh, yes, we are somebody, girl. We are definitely somebody, you know. Yeah, right. she's, uh, uh, she's a heck of a woman. I, matter of fact, my first issue of South Street Journal was uh, dedicated to her, and at that time, uh, Fred Hampton Jr. was uh, locked up uh, on some Trump charges uh, related to business, of all things. Uh, so, yeah, she's... Um, uh, Oh, you know, I mean, a great woman, uh, a great woman that uh, we definitely need to give more credit to uh, her persistence in the movement. And, and the same that. thing about, yeah, and the same thing about uh, uh, Brother Tillman's mother. Wow, you know, you, you did it this time, Miss Sonia. And Akua and uh, Jerry, uh, Chairman Fred's mother, she shared that with me when I talked to her right before the show. She said, yeah, we were in the first issue of the South Street Journal. I said, okay. And mm-hmm. uh, for those of you that don't know, Rod Carter is the publishing editor of the South Street Journal here for about 17 years. And I told her, I said, I would send her the link that she can go online uh, and review that. Because oh, Columbia yeah. University, and I'm just sharing this with you all, Columbia University is producing a documentary and a book on the chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago and publisher and editor of the South Street Journal. I'm not sure when that's coming out, but it's in the works. It's so you can go works. online. It's in the works. You can go online. There is a link, and I'm going to send that to her. Uh, it's on my things to do so that she can have the link to all of those um, publications from the past. Mm-hmm. Well, as everyone knows, uh, this is Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. We're launching a, a new line of programming here, and you're going to hear a lot of exciting things coming up and a lot of exciting guests in a different format as we grow into it. Blog Talk is challenging me a little bit, but I've been challenged before, and I'm going to get through it. Uh, I got a new toy here, a new studio and everything, so you know, I'm in a learning curve here, but aren't we all? And that's why we're here tonight. We're going to hear from Mr. Jimmy Tillman, who is uh, exploring his uh, run as a Republican for the 1st Congressional District here in Chicago. And uh, another Black Panther holds that seat right now, Bobby Rush. (laughs) How interesting. (laughs) Uh, Black Panther's all over us tonight. (laughs) It's all over everywhere tonight. So um, we're going to hear from Mr. Tillman, and I look forward to that. And uh, let's do this, Ron. Let's take a break, and we're going to come right back. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. Our call-in number is 347 
The chat room is indeed open. I am going to put some information in there. Leave your comments in there if you have questions. The chairman is in the chat room. It's BWS, uh, Black Wall Street Chicago. He's there. If you got some questions for him, he'll read them over the air for us. But we want you to call in with your comments. We certainly want you to participate in all that we do in sustaining and increasing black businesses. Thank you. The Soul of Chicago, WJPCChicago.com. A message from black contractors in the neighborhood. We have good news for the elders and homeowners in Chicago. We, the black contractors in the neighborhood, want you to be part of the good news that will enlighten your future and take most of the burdens off of your shoulders. We, the black contractors in the neighborhood, have more than 40 years of contracting experience. And it has reached the time that we are compelled to stop the Johnny-come-lately contractors that have only been in business for 10 minutes from ripping off our people and giving black contractors a bad name with their unprofessional quality of work and ethics. We, the black contractors in the neighborhood, are here for two main reasons. One, to help our elders and homeowners in the lower income brackets, and two, to ensure that our work is done in a professional and workmanlike manner. Our first priority is to seek out the boys in the neighborhood that are interested in learning the building trade. They will be given a small amount of money for two or three hours of job training. Our goal is to try and bring the children out of a damaged environment into a business state of mind. Your request for bids, repairs, and rehab will help us so that we can help you. We are preparing to work black, spend black, and to help black so that our money can stay in our neighborhoods. You have been talking unity long enough. Now let's come together and show unity for our children's sake. Any nationality of race that lives in the neighborhood is part of that neighborhood and is entitled to half off any jobs or bids that have already been quoted. We, the black contractors in the neighborhood, will beat their cost unless their cost is too low to do a quality job. It is time to come together so that we can live together. I look forward to hearing from you soon. Call Mr. L at 773-315-7058. That's 773-315-7058. The Evolution is coming to Chicago. Thursday, September the 29th, the ultimate beauty, fashion, and glamour experience set against the backdrop of the magnificent Chicago skyline and Lake Michigan on the Lakeview Terrace at Navy Pier. Our team of stylists, designers, and photographers from Houston, Los Angeles, and Chicago will navigate your glamorous evolution. The event will stream live, reaching a global audience. This is a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience that you do not want to miss. For more information, visit evolutionchicago.info. Listen up, ladies. If you want full, fabulous hair that grows long and strong, pick up Good to Grow hair care products. Good to Grow's five-step system is developed to repair damaged hair and stop breakage. The product line includes the new hair resuscitator, giving new life to dry and brittle hair, the Good to Grow tingling, penetrating conditioner, and wild growth serum with shea butter and cloverleaf oil, promoting healthy hair, the nourishing, thickening shampoo, and hair food. Pick up Good to Grow today at select Walgreens locations, Jordans, and hair experts. Good to Grow is distributed by Resilience Salon Styling products.
listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, All Black, All News, All You. And uh, that was African Queen that you that you were listening to, and a message from the black contractors in the neighborhood. This segment is Black Wall Street USA. We're right here every Thursday evening from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And we want you to be with us and to be a part of sustaining and increasing black businesses across the country. Let's bring our host back, Mr. Ron Carter, chairman of the Black Wall Street Chicago, and publisher and editor of the South Street Journal, located. 4490 35th Street in Chicago. I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, your co-host for this segment. Our call-in number is 347-326-9477, The chat room is open. Please leave your, leave your website links and company information in the chat room so that we can connect. Ron, Mr. Jimmy Tillman, president of the Martin Luther King Republicans Organization, is our guest. You want to go ahead and introduce Mr. Tillman? Yes, it's my pleasure. Um, Mr. Tillman and I have um, met in brief moments over the years as uh, South Street Journal at one time had his office on 47th Street. And um, I can say that, first of all, Mr. Tillman, you are a musician as well, is that correct? Yes, I am. My, all, um, my whole family is, but a lot of people get me confused with my younger brother, Demogy. I was more of an educator and a um, civil worker. We used to work at the city of Chicago department as a um, manager well, and department of services. So, so uh, I don't know if you heard the uh, the first part of our show, but um, I did have a reflection as we came on that uh, you are a you're the son of um, the former Alderman Dorothy Tillman, and yeah. being that with the history that she have, uh, even as a young uh, lady that has been part of the movement with. Martin Luther King to being an activist in uh, Chicago. Um, and at that time that I knew her, she was involved with the great Marion Stamps in the uh, uh, education uh, issues of Pan Chicago. Pardon? Pan Equalizer. Pan Equalizer program. Right. And then moving on to be an outspoken alderman of uh, the City Council of Chicago. Um, are those some big shoes or are those shoes that you're passing on the torch or what happened to you that uh, really your whole family is uh, continuing to move into the um, I guess the direction that your mother have uh, you have have a, a sister that just ran for alderman of the uh, the third ward, and would you say this is something in your blood that you inherit from your uh, mother, or is this something that you seen yourself that made you pursue your direction in the political direction? Well, I like to say both. Um, as a child sitting at my mother's foot during those days, other parent equalizers when she was with um, the late Marion Stamps. By the way, I went to school, um, went to college with both her children, some of her children, Guana and Justice Stamps. We both attended interstate universities together. But um, both, because um, I named my group the Martin Luther King Republicans, not in the um, 
not in the manner because my mother served under Martin Luther King, but what Martin Luther King stood for. Not the fact that he was Republican, or I try to highlight the fact that he's Republican, but the nonviolent movement which my organization is trying to um, pursue. We're trying to go about a political change through the Cook County and throughout um, America where blacks will no longer be, um, to this point, on taken for granted. Your, your show earlier was talking about um, black businesses and um, how can we do to get more um, black businesses out there. And my only um, answer to some of those questions is more black businesses should really, this is not trying to sound all dramatic, but but most more black businesses should be Republicans because what Republicans more are apt for right now is basically tax breaks for small businesses. Most people think small businesses are your Target or your Subways. They don't know your small businesses are your Quinches, your little Heralds, your little barbershops on the corner, you know. And my little organization, the of the King Republicans, is almost a little political movement, somewhat like the Tea Party, but not that extreme. You know, it has been well, how long has six, the uh, um, the organization been in existence now? Well, we've been in existence for two years since 2009. We first formed not in no, not any um, disrespect to President Obama, but to a cry out to the community because right now the community is starving and the the simple status quo here in Cook County is no longer doing it. Now, what really got my dissatisfaction was the treatment of Roland Burris. I sit here and watch how Roland Burris for all this time did all he can for the Democratic Party when it came time to even have him retire out on top. Everybody turned their backs on him. I mean, that was total disrespect right there. I'm not going to go on. You got Mike Madigan right now. Michael Madigan, the leader of the Democratic Party. This last election, he's made, made it specifically clear that only one black was going to be on the state ticket. And they made sure only one black was on the state ticket. Now it's just be white. Now any any political pundit can tell you right this right now to win state politics to win state Illinois you have to win Black Cook County and to win Black Cook County you're going to go Democratic. Now we had so many qualified Black Democrats on that ticket, but only one, only one made it, which means a lot of Democratic people went with the Democratic machine and forego their blackness, forego their black power, and witness death with Mike Madigan. Nobody said nothing about that. I could even go here when Harry Reid, right before President Obama took office, he came out, out there in public and said, hold on, Obama don't work for me. He, he don't work for me. I mean, President Obama had two years, a whole Democratic House, Democratic Senate, and could get nothing done. Why? Because the Hillary Democrats blocked him. And now you got all the Republicans. Everybody blame the Republicans. You really can't blame Republicans right now for what's going on in the White House. Yeah, you can scream at the Tea Party because you might think they're racist, but they're getting their point across. Ain't nobody screaming at the Mexicans when Luis Gutierrez goes stand on the White House step and say, arrest me. He's front on the president, but he's getting his way through. But here we are, African Americans, sitting there with all these issues, all these problems going on. I mean, well, you have a, uh, a, um, uh, I guess I want to do a little flashback, uh, even to the point when, um, Harold Washington uh, became mayor, there was a a flow of the black voters that followed the the leadership of of the Democratic Party from Harold Washington uh, just because of Harold Washington. And even to the point of recently as uh, the present mayor of the uh, city of Chicago became the uh, mayor of Chicago, 
based on his affiliation with the Democratic uh, president of Barack Obama, and that the uh, the present mayor just basically uh, won because of his association of being a Democrat, even though Chicago local politics is nonpartisan, but the black community tend to follow the suit of the the black leader. And it just so happens that this black leader is a Democrat. Um, what well, is black the reality of, of really taking Bobby Rush out of that seat? Well, right now, I'm in a primary against Frederick Collins. I don't know if Bobby Rush might have a primary opponent. He had one last time. Right now, my concern is getting out the primary to be in that position to be able to challenge Bobby Rush on certain issues of the community. I mean, right now, I think the black focus should be on having a voice and representation in the majority party. Bobby Rush has done a great job. If the Democratic, if the Democrats maintain control of Congress, I mean, get, should we regain control of Congress, then you have a voice through Bobby Rush. But if the Democrats do not regain uh, no voice in Congress, why send somebody to Congress that's not going to be represented to because he has no voice? Even when they had, the, even when the, the Democrats had Congress, we couldn't get HR 40 even called by Representative Conyers, which was just a study on reparations. There were so many bills that came forward for black America that the black caucus did not even look at during the time when we had a black, I mean, all Democratic Congress. I mean, there's a whole lot of issues. But I'm not, I'm not here to jump on Bobby Rush right now because I'm in a primary against Frederick Collins right now. I'm trying to get out the GOP nomination, and right now it's a good time for this battle to be happening. Well, for the Frank most Hall. part, because of do you think that your name um, association with um, former Alderman Tillman is your leeway, or are you working? and building that alliances with the Republican um, relationships, or are you, uh, is the, uh, well, uh, well, is your it, organization building, is it an independent organization of the Republican Party, or are you working in the realms of the existing Republican Party? Well, it's difficult to say. Well, I'll consider myself an independent Republican because, First of all, if my name is a Tillman being Republican, people run for Republicans because they're the boogeyman. I'm going to uphill climb if I get out the primary. When I get out the primary, it's going to be uphill climb because I'm a Republican and a lot of blacks don't understand black economics and how to make black businesses survive because only black businesses have black businesses and black businesses need tax breaks and they need tax incentives to hire other black people. But, I mean, only one party is talking about that. But when I get out of the primary, I will have to just educate the people on Opportunities, mm-hmm. avenues. So I don't know who your uh, opponent is. Matter of fact, I haven't even heard of your opponent that's in going to be in the primary. Uh, well, he's already but, my opponent has already announced. But let me say this also: see, being a Tillman is, is a double-edged sword because this is my second um, political endeavor. I ran for Cook County Water Reclamation Commission last time out. In the primary, I received 74,000 votes. That's probably one of the lowest votes that any Republican, you know, received at that time because, you know, they were afraid of a – well, some Republicans were afraid of a black movement or black takeover. So I lost about, let's say, 45,000 Republican votes. And in the general, I got close to 300,000. So I turned Democrats and Republicans, not off my name, at the fact that a lot of people were ready for change. And 
not simple. Not so now that's three hundred thousand. Um, that's uh, county, countywide. Countywide. Okay. Uh, well, that's three hundred thousand countywide. I don't know if uh, Roland Burrs received three hundred thousand when he ran for. Um, what did he run for? A uh, governor. Did he did he get right. three hundred thousand? Did he get three hundred thousand statewide? Right. I got two hundred. I got I got two hundred thousand in the South Suburban, mostly the white area. Now a lot of people, you know, I'm not I'm not a. I'm not a Was you running as I'm a Republican not, then? I ran as a Republican this last election, just this past. And time, then you received three hundred thousand, and a majority of that became from uh, the south, uh, from the suburbs. South suburbs, South Suburban area. I did. I got close to. 80,000, 90,000 in the city, most of us came out in the suburban area. Mm-hmm. So take it for uh, uh, granted um, that you are going to win the primary. Um, is there a, uh, a cloud, even to the point when Barack Obama ran against Barack Obama, I mean, I'm sorry, when Barack Obama ran against uh, uh, <coughs> Bobby Rush. Oh my God. Bobby Rush, I'm sorry. Uh, when he ran, he lost as well. Um, and he ran as a Democrat. Now, is there a question that the Democratic Party and the black community will do one of those numbers as um, the, that they did for Rahm Emanuel based on whatever it takes to get uh, Barack Obama elected? Well, because he, well, I'm well. Right now, I'm looking at the fact that I'm anticipating the win of the satisfied African Americans, the middle class, the one who pays property taxes, the one, the small business owner, the haircut barber stylist, the one who have a car wash. I'm talking about a small business who wants some tax relief. I'm talking about legislations to have banks re rewrite their mortgages to today's prices, have everybody restructure their whole debt. I mean, the, all the banks have just got this bailout. If, if if we can just pass legislation to make these banks we got bailout, allow these small businesses who still have accounts with these banks or these housing owners or these little individuals to restructure their debt just like a Chapter 11 program, just to jumpstart this whole economy. Then the whole, if, if the community want to hear something like that, I mean, if the community want to hear programs about wealth programs, not poverty prevention programs, or wealth intervention programs, if the community wants to hear about trying to stimulate small black business and small community, if the community want to hear about that, then they'll mess with me. If they want to hear the old, same old, we need welfare, we need more government programs, we need more, they want to hear about that, then they can mess with the same old, same old, same old. But they're tired right now of not getting no money, not saying every, all economics run things, but right now the reason why we have violence in the street because there's no black businesses hiring these youth in the, in, in the streets. Because what can prevent violence is employment. And what can well, what's how can you be able to how can you be able to um, uh, bring that home? Take for example, yes, the closest identification to the community normally tends to be the alderman, and then maybe the congressman, overlapping the county races, overlapping the the state races uh, for the senators and the uh, state reps. So the congressman and the 
Alderman is the most identified. I think that one thing that we did, we did ask the, there was a boycott of the Chicago Sun-Times some time ago, and we asked the question of the Chicago Tribune, why aren't the black community boycotting the Tribune? The Tribune responded because they are consistent, and they, the blacks knows that they are Republicans. And because of that, blacks don't waste their time being bothered with a Republican that are consistent. What type of consistency that you can have so that the black community can actually switch from being a Democrat with the cloud of Obama to be Republican? I mean, I understand you said the issues, but you know sometimes... The black community is more sensitive to identification of leadership opposed to the issues. Well, let's let's look at this. For instance, the last great Republican that everybody probably remember in Chicago is probably Bernard Epton. That's the only Republican you probably go back to. Besides that, there are probably no Republicans that ever even got to that time of day or the media spotlight or light, if I'm so fortunate to make it out this primary that I'm quite sure I can garner enough attention to be able to call to let my issues be heard to the point to give the person a choice because right now the the black community have no choice. They all they have is a democratic machine right now. They tell them what to do and where to go. Why they tell them what to do and where to go? Because there's nobody else on the other side who they can look at, identify and relate to. That's the only problem with the Republicans, because when you see a Republican, you probably see somebody like Johnny Mathis. You probably don't can't relate to somebody like Kanye West. Just hypothetically speaking, nothing wrong with Johnny Mathis, by the way. But I'm just saying they're looking at somebody that's not relating to them, and instead of having somebody. Well, how do we look at the? Yeah, we're looking at take uh, uh, Chinatown for example. Okay. They have no elected officials. Uh, they are economically sound in their community. They were successful in not having the ward remap of the state legislators to block uh, or to split up Chinatown in different elected officials' uh, districts. So that power has been uh, substantiated in Chinatown. Prior to... Um, they're not even having no elected officials. What is happening in your direction right now to secure that type of power without elected uh, being an elected official? Well, right now, in the words of our great President Obama, everybody right now wants change. It is now Joshua's generation time. He didn't say what party Joshua's generation was coming from. Right now is the time for blacks to take control of their whole economic future. It's time for blacks so to what is So what, what measures are you involved in right now that kind of uh, pull that together or the organization that you're part in? How are you all right now building that base to the point of securing a sound economic base? Uh, and even if I can extend it to say that, for the most part, elected officials are mostly governed by who fund their campaign. And are you developing an economic base 
whereby who funds your campaign mainly sometimes have more influence in your legislative agenda. How does that well, relate to you right now? Well, right now Based on it even relates, your funding. Right now it relates to none at all because if somebody want to fund us, please, they can throw us some money right now and we can be the largest organization running Chicago. But right now we're not operating on no handouts or no funding because, again, what we stand for, I'm not going to say it's counterculture to the Republican Party because our principles are that of the Republican Party. We believe in um, economics. We believe in our educational. We believe in our black state to hold their own educational destiny. And um, so our, our, our views are not that far from there. But as far as funding, no but wouldn't that be the same type of views of the uh, Democratic part? I mean, normally well, I'm a, a independent, but well, however I vote, I still have those same principles, whether I vote independent, Democrat, or Republican. So well, the, what well, is the, different or what are the actions or the programs that you have in place that will sustain your agenda in office? Well, I'm not the only well right now being the president of the Martin Luther King Republicans and I'm going I'm seeking the GOP nomination for the first congressional district and then hopefully I might be able to take on Mr. Rush if he makes that his primary also. Um we also have war committeemen and county representatives who are going to be also seeking office at this time. And each one we have a platform which we'll be announcing to the world and what we're standing on and believing in. And from the black America would love to jump on our agenda and assist us in that movement. So I'm quite sure it's a, something that they will also feel that is prevalent for black America right now. And so, and so my, my, my son just came in. And so from that point of the map, from that point, I'm quite sure that any independent, even a Democrat, because really everyone says they're Democrats. They really don't pay no dues to the party unless they're really a party mm-hmm. member. They really mm-hmm. just normally take what the flavor of the month. And really mm-hmm. there is no opposition. If you look at any Democratic, any any last election, all Democrats got to do is get out the primary. There is no Republican challenger. There are no Republicans. So no matter what you get, you want to get. There is no alternatives. So from now on, from this point on, there are alternatives. Black America mm-hmm. will have something other than the steady old flow of whoever the flavor of the month is. Blacks will no longer have to be disappointed or dissatisfied with how Michael Madigan want to run their government. Blacks no longer have to be dissatisfied or who's picking their mayor. When a lot of people wanted Danny Davis to be mayor, that was a big uproar, but no one knows what happened. The voice of the people was never heard. We got what we got what they wanted to give us. I mean, where's the outcry? I mean, where's the outcry? Oh, every every black person that sat there and just took how they just took it in the face for the last four elections past. Mm-hmm. Why they took it? Because there is no alternative. There is nobody they can turn to and say, oh, yeah, we're going to vote for this person. As soon as black people realize they can use their vote as powerful as they know how their vote is and show the Democratic establishment that there is alternatives, then they will get what they want. The well, then, the black if power you, uh, we, right. We want to, uh, as we kind of wrap up, because I definitely want you to stay on because, um, as you may know, Fred Hampton Jr. is coming on, and I definitely want to have a dialogue with you two as you both are um, passing the church of being uh, children of of, of of people being part of the movement and had a very great impact in it. Um, but so as you are focusing on running for uh, congressman, 
what is it that you think would actually, and if you can sum up as we go into our next program, that will really bring the attention of the black community to rethink, uh, especially in Chicago, we're not just in Chicago, all over, to rethink their position as being Democrats and to switch to being uh, to vote Republican with Barack Obama running for office? Well, to sum it all up, I'm hoping that there are enough angry African-Americans in the 1st Congressional District that are tired of the status quo and want to send the Democratic Party a message. So you would look at and them to split their ticket, or that's what you're indicating? Well, or then I'm, you'd be I'm, splitting I'm, their ticket I'm, to the point, would you be supporting the Republican uh, nominee for president? Well, at this time, I'm back in Herman Cain. I'm, the Herman Cain is my is the is the African American candidate that's in the Republican race, and I'm back in Herman Cain. He's in it all the way. But far as Herman Cain backs out, I see where the chips fall for where they may. Right now, my election has nothing to do with Barack Obama at this time. I mean, everyone knows my history, I mean, everybody knows my family. So, we got the Barack Obama to be a senator and helped him with the president. I have no right. problem with Barack Obama. If more if more, more Democrats got more part of Barack Obama because he had been passing other Republican legislations left and right, so there is no disagreement with what Barack Obama has been doing. There's only satisfaction with the starving this of uh, the black community. But mm-hmm. that's not Barack Obama's fault. That's Cook County's fault and what what Mike Madigan has left him behind. That's Pat Quinn's fault. Okay. I mean, that's now, do you have any uh, events that you have coming up? And uh, have you uh, surveyed, um, well, uh, I guess that's a two-pronged question. Um, first of all, do you have any upcoming events uh, where you would be and where you would be addressing your platform running for a congressman in the first district of the uh, of Chicago, Illinois? Well, I have one coming up right now. It's supposed to be at Sweet Georgia Browns. I'm not quite sure the date. We're working that out with um, management right now. I'm with my um, assistant, Iris Poindexter, call me back upon that. But um, I'm still for my store tour committee. I'm getting great receptions out in the south suburbs. I'm getting a lot of receptions in the city. I mean, if you look, if anyone go on Cook County webpage, they can look at my numbers and see how well I did in mostly Democratic areas at that time, just running for the office, because that showed me at that time that blacks were dissatisfied. They just needed somebody to voice their anger and their opinion at. And I did really well in the 1st Congressional District when I ran for Cook County Water Rec. I mean, if I got did good in Jesse's district, I just, you know, I just live in this first congressional district, and I was wanting to see if my issues, if the issue of black America, because I have a lot of issues that are prevalent to America, win or lose, mm-hmm. black America issues would be heard on the forefront of the world because right now no one speaks for middle class black America. Nobody speaks for black America. Ask Maxine Waters. Ask the Black Caucus. Nobody speaks for black mm-hmm. America right now. We're stifled and silent, and somebody mm-hmm. got to speak for them. Somebody mm-hmm. has to do it, and why not a Republican? Why not the party? Well, uh, again, I go back to the um, to the point of the Chicago Tribune indicating there are they are consistent. Do you see yourself that you are going to be consistent being a Republican, or will you change as the politics change? Well, there's a different there's a different age group of voters that are here nowadays. The Hill Washington administrative voters are no longer in existence no more. The days of black people coming together to vote for black power no longer exist. The election of Rahm Emanuel shows you right there that there's no black power. 
I mean, black power died when they allowed Ty Soldier to go out because when Ty Soldier got put in, all the bosses saw that the blacks had power and they destroyed it okay. right then. So if I look at it, those those that be does not control the black community no more. The black community is up for grabs. Right. Well, look, I want you to hold on. We're going to uh, go to Sonia, go into another segment, but I definitely want you to hold on. We want to bring you back and talk with uh, uh, the chairman, um, uh, Fred, um, as we move on to the program. Ms. Sonia? You're listening to Black Wall Street USA on Chicago's Black Business Radio Network for Thursday, August 25th, 2011. Our host is Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network.com. Join us today and touch the world. Wanted Mr. Tillman to know that our website and this radio broadcast is dedicated to the memory of Harold Washington. We keep him on the forefront of our minds. Uh, of our minds and the minds of our people for the job that he did for the city of Chicago. I want to thank Mr. Tillman for being a part of our show this evening and joining us and wishing well on his endeavors. Stay tuned. Chairman Fred Hampton Jr. is coming up. He's the founder and chairman of the Prisoners of Conscious Committee, and uh, we look forward to uh, him being a part of our show also. So Ron will be right back after this song, which is from Chairman Fred Jr. We'll be right back. Hands up, eyes open, the fist clenched. Now I need y'all to listen closely and feel me on this. But this is the big difference between living and existing. From this day on, we must declare that our lives are too valuable to go out as one line in the size of the fender. Don't get it wrong, you know, who my y'all can we all just get along songs? You see, it's harmony plus principal unity and heat. So if you're scared, scared by the studio, I'm most definitely up up them streets. This is for the men who don't sit down when they piss, and the women who don't stand for their shit. This is for the sisters and brothers who ain't got nothing to lose, and for motherfuckers who can't afford to forget. Now, once you tell the critics they can't afford to miss this, and this is rated double R for reality and rhyme. This is for the ones in the field as well as those who are locked down on the inside. Now, the verse of Panic New Hangar, this is for those who are sick and tired of being sick and tired. And this fear is black hand apart, this is between the people can't be reconciled. We ride.
You're listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, All Black, All News, All You, for Thursday, August 25th. Tonight's segment is Black Wall Street USA. Our caller number is 347 Want to say hello to the guests in the chat room. Please leave your company information and website links in the chat room. That's how we connect. Before we bring the chairman back onto the air and let him introduce our guest for this evening, want to share with you uh, another show that Chicago's Black Business Radio Network is launching, and it's an exciting new segment for those who have a love for words, Book Talk, with host Dr. Constance D. Shabazz. Ms. Shabazz is the owner, co-owner of the bookstore, Books, Inc. Bookstore at 1835 West 103rd Street here in Chicago, and we look forward to her being a part of our network. This two-hour program will feature local and national authors in lively discussions about their work, the writing process, and the challenges facing the literary industry. Also join us on Chicago's Black Business Radio Network for our virtual book club. We will invite members of book clubs across the country to weigh in on the latest literary releases, so we're looking forward to that. Join us Saturday morning right here on Chicago's Black Business Radio Network from 10 a.m. to noon for Book Talk. You can contact Dr. Shabazz at 1835 West 103rd Street in Chicago or go to booksinkonline.com and view their site. That's books. INKonline.com. You can reach Dr. Shabazz also, 773-330-4115, So we're very excited about that new addition to our lineup. Let's welcome the chairman back to the show. And, Ron, would you introduce our next guest? Well, it'll be my pleasure, Sonia. Um I can say introducing the next guest, we have been on the uh, battlefield uh, here and there. We have uh, uh, touched bases, um, and I think that one time he came in uh, South Street Journal's office and banged on the table. Uh, Yes, I remember that. Uh, But even prior to that, uh, when South Street Journal Force was formed in September of 2000, I'm sorry, in 1993, our first issue premiered a story on uh, uh, Chairman uh, Fred Hampton, Jr., and that came from a history that I have with the Black Panther Party, whereby it wasn't just the Black Panther Party, but it was so many branches of the Black Panther Party and so many movements that came out from that uh from that party and at that time when south street journal uh was formed uh our first story was featuring uh the chairman uh and his uh, and his mother and that was because of just the movement and at that time he was uh incarcerated for a crime that he did not do or was responsible for. But since that time, he's been an activist. He's been on the front line. He's been aggressive. And, um, again, based on him being a, a person that's passing the torch from uh, his father, Fred Hampton uh, Sr., I uh, want to welcome uh, the chairman again. 
uh, to, not again, but welcome the chairman, as I am the chairman, to Chicago's Black Business Network. How you going, brother chairman? Hey, revolutionary appreciation for um, giving me the opportunity to be on the air with you, brother. It's um uh, first, I'm, I'm on a cell phone. Can you, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay. Uh, we hear you very good. Good, good. Okay. Uh, just again, you know, so I'm, uh, I'm humbled and honored, you know, to have that opportunity uh, to be able to uh, touch down with you, um, the listeners, and just the people in general, provide some updates that we that we are getting down on. And like you said, uh, well, I just, well, let me ask you this here right off: Are you angry not only based on the 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 the, the the frustrations of black America, but are you angry based on what happened to your father? Are you angry what happened to you being in prison? Are you settled? Are you cool? Are you angry? Are you hot? What are you right now? I, I, I recall uh, some years back um, there were several members of the Black Panther on a panel on a Donahue show, and a similar question was raised. And my, my mother comrade, Akua and Jerry, uh, I'm paraphrasing her, she has stated um, something to the fact that I'm, I, I love and I, 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 um, intensity. It, uh, it's based on the love, and our actions are based on the love for the people. I, as well as so many of my counterparts, there's a, there's a, there's a justified rage there. However, with our ways that rage is a love for the people. So my what gets me up in the morning uh, we are, we are here protesting on these uh, sites to get uh, our people some of these jobs. What, what motivates me at three four in the morning when the police have just gunned down another brother, a seventeen year old brother on the south side of Chicago? It's a, it's a passion, it's a love for the people, which outweighs you know any sentiments of uh, anger. Again, so it's my the love for my people. That, that's that's my driving uh, efforts, my driving force. Well, is that, as I asked uh, Brother uh, Tillman, who is the son of um, uh, Dorothy Tillman, how did this come about to you? Is it Was it something that was forced on you to be in the leadership position that you're in, or was it something that you experienced, or was it because of the... Uh, who your mother and your father is that you kind of was groomed into being who you are, or is it something based on your own experience, or is it just the blood that's running through your body? How did you continue to be what your parents uh, led the black community to be? Well, let me first. Let me first. Um, I caught the end end bit of your uh, your first guest. Let me extend my greetings. To, uh, to, uh, to your previous guests as well as to, uh, to the Tillman family. Uh, but to answer your question, I think it's a combination of things. I think it's uh, the conditions, circumstances. Um, in fact, there's a term that a lot of people, may have people refer to me as uh, uh, our, our organization in general, the Panther Cubs. In fact, one of our mantras is that we are the great-grandchildren of Garvey, speaking in reference to Marcus Garvey, the offspring of Malcolm and the ideological Cubs of the Black Panther Party. And um, I tell people, uh, I, I, I see myself, and I've been seen as a cub by birth as well as by battle. Again, by birth as well as by battle. So I think it's a combination of things, you know what I'm saying, the things that uh, uh, I was, you know, doing with my mother as well as a number of different comrades you know, impressed on me as a youth, as well as uh, certain conditions. And particularly in Chicago, I see, as opposed to the old saying, as it goes, only the names have changed. In this city, uh, the names, in, in, in many cases, the names haven't even changed. 
I've been, you know, I've been arrested. I've been harassed. Um, in fact, some of the same individuals that, you know, harassed and arrested my father. I was locked. You spoke earlier about me being a political prisoner. Um, the, the guy, uh, Sergeant Joseph P. Grubazek, who led the whole team up, you know, uh, the snatching of the streets, was the same Joseph P. Grubazek that played a role in assassination of Chairman Fred back in the, in the 1960s. So I think, I think again, these conditions and circumstances, as well as, you know what I'm saying, um, I think, that, you know, genes play a role too, you know, but uh, uh, I, I feel fortunate, and I say this humbly, I feel fortunate to have fallen from a tree of two freedom fighters. And this is something I don't take for granted. But, um, again, my adversaries as well as my allies have played a role and continue to play a role, you know what I'm saying, to me, uh, keep my politics in play, place. Well, we had a, um, here at uh, our office on 35th Street, we had a dialogue with uh, Malcolm X uh, where we played uh, speeches of Malcolm X and we interlude with uh, comments from the people that was here at the office. Uh, the sentiments that we receive from people from the age of 16 years old to 77 years old is that what's missing is the progressive representation of a Malcolm X, even a Black Panther Party, even to the point of, if I can even reflect on my own uh, growing up, uh, being a game banger, then I discovered that there was another game that don't beat up black folks, they beat up white folks, and that was the Black Panther Party, but I found it wasn't about beating up white folks. It was a whole different educational process in which they indicated here at the office that what's missing is that progressive leadership. Now, knowing that you have been progressive in your uh, stance for the liberation of the people, it still has not filtered to the youth that they would change the massive ways of the uh, the bling bling to the the message and the movement that the Black Panther Party had on so many youth then. Um, what do you think it would take, or do you think it would take a movement such as what the Black Panther Party put? On the youth in the sixties, one of one of the, the philosoph- one of the philosophical tools that the Black Panther Party utilized, and as well as the, uh, the Prisons of Conscience Committee, the Black Panther Party Cubs, our organization uh, in present day, that we utilize is that of Wait, Let me get material. this straight. You said the Black Panther Party Cubs. Black Panther Party Cubs. Is Black that an organization? Yes, that's that's the organization. The Prisons of Conscience Committee is. I may um, you, you interchange those. Though, you may uh, do my presentations. You've heard us interchange those words. That, that's one of the same organization. That being the Prisons of Conscience Committee okay. and the, the Black Panther Party Cubs. Um, again, that's, uh, with the we define ourselves and are defined as the ideological Cubs of the Black Panther Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, we say it's a tough act to follow, but we try our best. One one of the philosophical tools that was that was utilized by the Black Panther Party. And that is um, presently utilized by the uh, Black Panther Party Cubs is that of dialectical materialism, which um, we recognize that nothing stays the same. That things are constantly being born as well as they are dying and disintegrating. Um, we assess uh, the climate, the certain uh, scenarios. You know, we, there are certain contradictions, and issues we have to deal with today that was that we we'd have to, that was on, on on the scene, uh, say in the 60s. Say for example, crack, uh, crack cocaine, which you know, which is a 
we see is a, a form of chemical biological warfare. We also um, we have the uh, more uh, intense and more um, intense. Well, you know, even in the movie uh, about the Panther, uh, it indicated that the FBI and the drug dealers made a deal that if the FBI let the drug dealers come into the black community, it would not only kill off the Black Panther Party, but it will kill off any black movement uh, for years to come. Do you uh, think that that actually applied or that was fiction in the movie? Oh, no doubt about it. We, there's actual documentation um, uh, from the FBI itself, you know what I'm saying? I mean, a lot of it is well known as we... Um, the case of Ricky Ross that was exposed by the reporter uh, San, Mercury, San, Mercury, San, San Jose Mercury News, Gary Webb, uh, the role that Ricky Ross uh, played with the CIA funding the crack cocaine through um, California and other, and other um, black and brown communities, but black communities in particular throughout the, throughout the country. And that, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was an attack on the heels that suffered, that, in which the Black Panther Party suffered a military defeat when our community was flooded with the crack cocaine and other, and other forms of chemical biological warfare. And we can we and this is not this is not some sort of conspiracy theory to say. Well, then we if we right. know this and we find that that is a fact, and we know that the impact that drugs have had in the black community, from uh, an economic standpoint to uh, even to the point of selling loose squares, to the point of no black businesses and parity to the black community. Um, would you say one of the 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 ills of the Black Panther Party that it did not put an economic arm to its revolutionary uh, message? I beg, I beg, I beg to differ. Uh, that's that's been an argument that a lot of people put forward. Like, with the Black Panther Party didn't address the question of health, law, and other um, uh, aspects of our, you know of our lives. The Black Panther Party took a position, and we take a position that everything is political. And I'm not and I'm not talking about. Uh, electoral politics. I'm talking about words, terms, fashion. Everything is political. The Black Panther Party understood the importance of economics. However, they they, uh, they, they distinguish power from money, uh, 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 which is a mistake that many of our community make. Uh, regardless of how, many, how much resources Oprah Winfrey or Slave Z, who y'all might call Jay Z, regardless of how much resources these um, or, uh, Negro pennies that you know, saying they may have, the question of power. That, that, that's, the Black Panther Party was very clear. We've seen examples, which, um, and I'm humbly and I'm embarrassed, and I embarrassed. I hate to talk about this, but well, even Chairman if Fred, I look at, it, I mean, like again, my association with the Black Panther Party, and I have to say I'm humble to say that I've seen your father speak many times. Uh, but even with the ten point platform, uh, and I, I don't want to keep eluding your association totally with the Black Panther Party, but it is well, a it, history. Come on with it. <laughs> Okay, but uh, it is a history. I cannot recall a direct economic agenda in the template platform. Because again, the Black Panther Party stressed the importance of power over our lives. Can we look at, for example, in Chicago, it's reported that this has a, the, the, the highest percentage of Negro millionaires in this in the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. However, look at the conditions in our community. Regardless, but however, now let's go back to the Black Panther Party. But Chairman Fred and his and his uh his now widow, his wife of court, then known as Deborah Johnson, they, they they didn't have running water in the house. They had to go down the street uh, to uh, Barbara Sankey, who was over the finance committee, to take a shower in, in, in uh, her mother's home. However, 
they ran. He, he Chairman Fred represented an organization that fed a minimum of thirty five hundred children a week. They understood mm-hmm. they were able to distinguish power from money. That is something that we as a people must be able to distinguish. Look all the resources these Negroes got. What the, mm-hmm. All these entertainers, all these you name them, all the resources there, they don't have the power to, 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 uh, uh, to donate well, the resources uh, to apply it to our community. We talking about power. That's our. That's, that's, that's our. And the ones who and they're, they're, the black there are a lot of guns in our community. There are a lot of resources in our community. It's just in the wrong hands in our community. Well, let me ask you this. Let me switch on you, our chairman. And I think uh, some years ago I asked you about this before, based on the impact of your present involvement and your consistency involvement in the movement and also your namesake, that if you were actually the chairman of the Black Panther Party of Chicago, is that a reality or why is not that a reality? Again, we don't we don't we don't live in a bubble. We recognize uh, we we put things in the correct context of time. The organization I chair, the, uh, the POCC, the Black Panther Party Cubs. We respect that legacy. As a matter of fact, um, that's that's something we've been fighting to maintain that legacy. That um, uh, that organization, that particular time, and I don't. Um, we, I'm a, we we say we cross our T's and dot our I's, and not to be vague or just just, just uh, it, it, a lot of times people can be idealist or uh, romanticize the struggle. But that was the, the Black Panther Party was that was the, that which organization was founded by Minister U.E.P. Newton and, Ch- and then Chairman Bobby Seale. That was all this for that particular time. That's what they represented. The Black Panther Party Cubs. We feel at this time, assessing the situation, assessing the climate. This is how we move. You know what I'm saying? And we and we, we attempt to keep legacies intact because there are so many attempts. There have been a lot of bogus. There have been so many bogus organizations, so many bogus individuals, so many counterfeit clubs who have attempted to. You know what I'm saying? Some of, some have been naive and some have had nefarious intent to hijack the legacy of the Black Panther Party. This was one of the few organizations that came from the valley and they represented the valley, and so it's important that we make sure that legacy stays intact. So that's so out of respect for that or the, the legacy of that organization, we make sure that we well, we are sticklers that we are the Black Panther Party Cubs and all the official le- legacy carriers of their respective respective organization. When the when we look at the how much the Black Panther, I guess, in any uh, society, whether it's uh, even the people in Iraq, Iran, or um, any country, there's always the youth that are the progressive for change. Even what's happening in um, uh, whatever country it may be, there's always the youth that uh, incite the change for the good of the people at large. Here in Chicago, and not just in Chicago, throughout the United States, that black youth seems to be the most mute and numb as far as a movement is concerned. Um, how do the, or what would it take to grasp that movement? And then some people say that, are we going to prepare to control a riot or are we going to prepare to incite and control a revolution as it relates to the children. In fighting for power, in fighting to maintain uh, grab power, Minister U.E.P. Newton said, "Power is the ability to define phenomena and make action desired matter. Power is the ability to define phenomena and make action desired matter." Which, in plain layman's terms, is saying 
whatever the community, whatever the phenomenon community, whether it be the church during the era of Reverend Nat, uh, Nat Turner, whether it be the Negro spirituals during the era of uh, Harriet Tubman, whether it be the street organizations, when many people refer to as a gang, but you know my position, you know our position. The worst gang in Chicago is the Chicago Police Department. Chairman Fred took that, and when he organized a rainbow coalition, he defined a phenomenon. Right now, as we speak, hip-hop is a phenomenal tool. We're utilizing this uh, campaign. We have a number of different artists, and uh, we mobilized a campaign called We Ride. We're taking this energy, and we're not telling them just, you know, peace in the streets. We're saying keep that rage. It's a justified rage, but redirect that rage. Because I think it's a disservice to history if we just say that, you know, the, the youth in Chicago are just mute or they just, this thing just happened. I think it's important that we applaud the fact that there was a tax on a city, a, a city, a Chicago was known as a city of structure, or it was known as a city of structure, where uh, many, uh, uh, under the guise of so-called war on gangs, war on guns, war on drugs, and there have and there continue to be ways attacks on our community and our youth in particular. Anytime well, you see, know what I'm going to do, though, uh, uh, Chairman? We have 60 yes, youth that are working here at uh, Black Wall Street office. They're under this government program. Out of that 60 youth, uh, there are probably about 10 that have an idea of the mission of Black Wall Street. Uh, I do want to, uh, and their last day is on uh, next uh, Wednesday. I do want to invite you to take some of your time to come by here and to talk to these youth. But in the interim of doing that, uh, again, if we got 60 youth and maybe about only 10 of them have a somewhat consciousness to want to learn the, um, uh, the you know, whatever it's worth, the Chicago Board of uh, Education indicated that their main problem with education is that black youth are a symbol of laziness overall to do something. If and if I can be direct, with the 60 youth that we have working with us, I would say about half of them that is true. Um, how do you address that? And if that is not the case, why do we seem to see it? And if that uh, can be changed, or what does you do you think it would take to change that, and even to the point if they would be interested in being a part of the uh, POCC? Excellent question. I'm gonna do you, I'm gonna I'm gonna do you better. Um, and, and with that commitment for Wednesday, let's make a field trip. Let's make it a, let's make it a field trip Tuesday, August 30th, to bring these youth. Not I'm not talking about taking these youth to Brookfield Zoo. I'm not talking about taking these youth to the aquarium. I'm talking about taking them to the west side of Chicago, Madison, California. Right, we're breaking that. We're, they, they're, they're some role, not excuse me, not role models, real models. Where they can they can get the history. A brother who was targeted by the FBI at the age of 14 years old. Where they can feel the history of uh, Deputy Chairman Fred Hampton, who was 21 years old. We don't say at least they paid 3,500 children a week. You, I have seen the transformation of so many youth in particular and people in general when they hear about this here. We we put that mural up there. Why do you think they said in Chicago in particular fought so hard for their street not to be named in honor of Chairman Fred? And then next thing was next tactic was like Malcolm X said, when they can't stop it, let's co-opt it, ward it down, change it, make something to be. When they can't stop it, they say, okay, let's co-opt it. They said, let's make it free at Hampton Avenue, so on and so forth. These young brothers and sisters, once they feel that fire, they, they, somebody comes from their communities, 
August 30th. They don't want the, the Chicago Public Schools, by these poverty pimp organizations, they don't want these young brothers to know what's going down in here. We're not talking about going across seas. Madison to California, excuse me, y'all know, 12 o'clock, we're going to be on 2337 West Chairman Fred Hathaway, Way, right in front of the site where he's assassinated there. You can go by that on the west side and see that mural where it's painted. I got people from Venezuela. Well, we're going paint to that mural. make sure that we, let, let's, uh, after the show, definitely want you to call in so that, you know, so we can make arrangements to have those youth uh, to be there. Let's do it. There ain't, no, ain't no calculus problem. Let's do it. Man, people, they know, they know how I think. Tuesday, 12 o'clock, we'd be in front of the place where Chairman Fred was assassinated there. Them, man, them brothers and sisters, man, they would learn quick. I just, it's people out there, people who, who, who we call dope fiends, who was demoralized. When they seen that mural up on their wall, you seen a transformation. You seen what Lennon said, what takes two years, 20 years of learning regular times, people can learn in two weeks of revolutionary times. I give you my word. Give us the opportunity to get these young brothers well, out there in the valley, in the masses. We can heighten their level of consciousness. Well, again, um, I got to keep reflecting uh, on the Panther again uh, party. I mean, that's based on they gave me my education and, uh, and influenced my position today. Uh, and the Panther Party also ran um, um, uh, people for public office. Um, what is your view, and even to the point as we will maybe reflect back to uh, Mr. Tillman, on the politics, even as it relates to the president and also to uh, the present mayor of Chicago and his relationship to the president, and even to the point, do you look at that as a movement or just the circumstances of just politics? I just, just, just for clarity, we talk about politics or electoral politics. Uh, politics, not oh, politics. Uh, electoral politics. I understand based on who elects the uh, president, and it is not done by the general public. I understand that, but I'm speaking directly about politics as it relates to even local. That's why I put in the mayor of the city of Chicago. Oh, oh, okay. My understanding, politics is my stuff. Um, uh, the lady, lady, lady over uh, got put out of the house on State Street. Politics is crack cocaine. Politics is the way you, um, <laughs> your way your hairstyle. Politics is the <laughs> politics is words and terms and fashion. Everything is political. Everything from okay, the, yeah, uh, okay. Uh, then let's go back to electrical. <laughs> let's go back to electrical. Uh, okay, let's go politics. Okay, electric, electric power with it. <laughs> okay, let, okay, I got you. I got you. Okay, I. Just, <laughs> I don't be, uh, my chairman Fred say I do a lot of talking because they are no foregone conclusions. Okay, I got you, bro. All right. Um, uh, it, I, uh, with that question, uh, I can I can similarly be asked my position about you know say the church or the church in particular religion. If it's a phenomenon that we can define, we can make it work in our interests. I'm with it. Like if you ask me about going to church during the era of Reverend Nat Turner. I, you know, my, my position would be man, I have two or three Bibles in hand saying praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. Um, if you and if you ask me about going to church with some of these Negro preachers that's in Chicago, that's a different discussion. You know what I'm saying? So are you saying you know, uh, do you belong to a church? Uh, no, no, no. But there are several there are several preachers who I you know respect. Bishop Edgar Jackson. Who yeah, but my question: you know, Do you belong to a church? Oh no, 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 no! I belong to the people. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I got you. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. So elect, elect, electoral politics. If it's a if it's at a time 
or we, if it's a phenomenon, if it's a tool that we, that, can best interest, use, that we can use for our people's interest, I'm with it. However, in, in Chicago, in particular under the history of the infamous Daily Machine or the machine that's been elevated under, under, under Rob, uh, to this international player, this international gangster, Ron Emanuel, it's, 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 it's a tool that we are being used by electoral politics. So my thing is whether it be hip-hop, electoral politics, or religion, if we, if, uh, we say the dog wag the tail, the tail don't wag the dog. I'm not interested in pushing for us to be used, by, excuse me, misused by any phenomenon. So I'm not, I'm not one to say, well, vote for the lesser two or two of the evils or just vote to be voting. If you can show me that voting can expose some contradictions, I'm cool with it. If you can show me uh, that it's a, it's a necessary tactic, but, you know what I'm saying, just going out and be, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, engaged in this exercise and futility, you know what I'm saying, uh, um, I'm, I'm not up with that. I, I think our time is too valuable. We need to be able to organize and, and organize so we can become a force to be reckoned with. So, you know what I'm saying, so, so that every, every electoral political arm, and apparatuses, whether it comes under the Democratic, Republican, any these electoral, uh, these these, these uh, apparatuses can respect our people. I think black people in particular are treated as the Rodney Dangerfields of all races. In other words, no respect. And that comes down from the slum lords, to where the police treat us, to the merchants in our communities, to the to the uh, uh, to the selected politicians, including including that of Barack Obama. Okay, well, let me, uh, even even talking about including Barack Obama, even to the point of uh, Jimmy Tillman that was on earlier when we was talking about uh, politics, and at this point in time, he may be running um, a direction uh, opposite of Barack Obama. Uh, Tillman, uh, I'd like to bring you back on, and if you can reflect on the comments of the chairman and how his uh, position of politics and the movement reflect your movement going into uh, elected office? Well, you see, the same energy that the chairman has is almost the same energy of the pulse of the people. Like he said, no longer will be treated like Rodney Dangerfield. The reason why the Martin Luther King Republicans are in existence is to show the Democratic Party that it is an alternative, and no more. No more. We take you choosing our leaders. Now, I, being a Republican, you can say what you want to say about Ty Stroger, what he did, this and he did that. All he did was raise half a penny, they hung him. Rahm Emanuel just raised his taxes up 42%, and you applaud him. I mean, the Well, let me ask you this here. Why did not, you know, and I'm just going to throw this out. You said the Republican Party saw the Martin Luther King. Why wasn't it the Republicans of the Malcolm X? Why why my Martin Luther King opposed to Malcolm X? Well, I wanted to go with Ed Brooks, you know, the baddest black senator of all times at the Book Amendment and Fair Housing. But I went to one of my leaders who I studied under from with Martin Luther King under the great toolage of uh, my mother and all the other, other other people right there, and I'm trying to do a okay. non-violent All right. I just had to throw that in. I just, you okay. know, I, I, there's, many, there's many great black Republicans I wanted to mention. And my favorite, like I said, is Senator Ed Brooks, all the Title IX, to the um, Fair Tax Amendment for Women, made tax credit for women, to the Fair Housing Act. I mean, everybody everybody should remember the, the last black senator we had, first black senator we had, Reconstruction before, Carol Mosey Braun. I mean, the great black Republican. I mean, you know, you know him, don't you, um, Chairman? I mean... No, the point I'm coming at is that right now the black community is starving. 
Nobody speaks for black America. Nobody. We got the black caucus, the Democratic election. Now, when you say nobody, you are speaking about elect. Are you speaking about elected, elected officials, officials when you say nobody? Well, right now. Or right is now, that what you're referring to, elected officials, or are you talking right now, in general well, right when now, you said nobody? Well, right now, there are a lot of voices out there in the wilderness that are trying to educate the people to that there are other options. Right now, I can say I'm trying to inform the people. But right now, our elected, our elected officials who we elect every two, every four, every six years does not reflect the voters, does not reflect our interests. They give us everyday dried chicken and sometimes people want steak. Not to be just playing with your audience, but one day, and I hope during my election and people recognize that black the black community is going to tell the Democrat machine, the old daily machine, no more. No more. Well, then if you two, if you two are young leaders uh, that are passing the torch and that your parents have been a part of the movement, even though one to the extreme of a uh, the militancy and the nonviolent militancy, how do you two come together on the same agenda? Well, is there a same agenda where you two have been on the extremes? If I can use the Panther Party was the extreme of Martin Luther King and vice versa, but today how do you two, and I can believe, I'm not for sure, that you two may be the same age approximately. We could, so, we, 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 we are the three from the same generation. We, we call, they call them Generation X. We call, I call them civil rights babies. So we the civil rights babies. And this is how, our, how us two can be at the same level. You see, there was nothing passive about Martin Luther King. There was nothing passive about a man walking down the street getting bricks thrown at him left and right, still standing up for black people. I mean, he took lumps. Right now, I'm screaming Martin Luther King Republican because everybody black going to be throwing bricks at me like I'm some time, I'm some sellout, I'm getting paid. And in the end, they're going to hear my message. The same way they heard Martin Luther King's message. Somebody has to stand up for black America and take the blumps and blows and let everybody know that there is alternative. And no more, no more will you run this. No more will you give us our mayors, our, our county board presidents, our governors. No more. It's who we say it is. We control the votes. Black Cook County controls Illinois. We control the numbers. In a Democrat society, majority rules, and we are the majority. If we the majority, we should get the majority rights of all the contracts, of all the rights and benefits of the majority. But why we all picking our votes on one side and they giving it to us because we're not going to even say no more. The black community is like a battered woman who's scared to leave a man and try something else because a man said there's nobody else out there. Nobody else wants you. Chairman, let me ask you the same question. How is it that you uh, children of the movement, of the parents that led the movement, how do you two come together? And I know, Chairman, you you have issues with a whole bunch of people. (laughs) So how do you still blend? (laughs) Yeah, I know, brother. Put it together, together, Ron. Put it together. We can be Wednesday. We can be Wednesday at that children host that you're having with those young youth out there. Let's be Tuesday. Kids. Let's be Tuesday. Let's be Tuesday right there in the field. Please uh, see. I mean, I, 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 let me. I mean, I'm, 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 my office. My office is out there in the streets. 
My work hours are 24 hours a day, seven days a week. My desk is that concrete out there. My secretaries are them cats that y'all see out there on, 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 on them blocks out there. And I want to, I mean, and I'm going to humble myself, brother. Come on. Man, this, this is a. I don't. Well, I mean, brother, you, 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 you think that you can accept that invitation to uh, Tuesday, meet, uh, the chairman Tuesday. on uh, Tuesday or in, in my office? In my office, we're going to be I, right I there. Can but, I can meet you in your office and we can go holler at the children at his office. Because it's all about the youth education. Listen, it ain't a problem. Okay, well, Tuesday, well, Tuesday at 12 noon on, where's that going to be at, Chairman? Tuesday, Tuesday at 12 noon, we're going to be right there in front of the ground zero. I ain't talking about New York. I'm talking about right on uh, 2337 West Monroe, West Chairman Fred Hathaway, right up Madison and Weston. 12 o'clock high noon. We're going to be right there. Well, then, I just, we'll take this way. Then we'll all three be there. Uh, yes, believe it or not, I'm a little older than both of you all. However, I still oh, got the spunk that just as much as you all do. <laughs> but right on, you right know, on. taking all that uh, aside, with the with, with, with the agenda that is uh, upon us, um, and you know, as you you're talking about it in the streets, and uh, Brother Tillman, as you're talking about taking it to Washington D.C. Uh, what are some of the, you know, as we close out, uh, as both of as we close out this program, can uh, each of you give us a a direction, or a media direction of what's going on now that we need to take place beyond uh, Tuesday at 12 noon? Well, right you're, you're, now, you're, you're, yeah, Chairman. Well, no, oh, no, going okay. to going out. You know, I'm going to hear the I, I, I can finish off because right now I'm looking at my calendar so I can give you adequate representation. What I got coming up right now? Um, okay. I, I should be concluding. Well, let me tell you, I'm, I'm, I'll be concluding my, my exploratorial committee. I'm rounding out in Blue Island right now. They just lost a plant down there. The Motor Forge Company just got out there because Pat Quinn got these enormous tax breaks and businesses are leaving out the city. A lot of blacks are losing jobs out there. So right now I'm going to go out there and try and rally with some of the employees right there. I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up my tour out there in, um, in the Bremen Township, which is Harvey, Markham, Blue Island, and um, Calumet City and Country Club Hill, those areas right there. Um, um, then um, Tuesday I'm copying um, by next Tuesday. I was trying. I was gonna make my announcement, but now I'm, I'm postponing that to meet with the chairman. And then after I meet with the chairman, both your chairmen, and then I'll make my announcement to the world of my my decisions. And I mean, it's ninety, it's eighty percent, you know, all the way in. But I'm just trying to see how much the people in the suburbs are really feeling me. I did great in the city. I'm not really worried about the city as much. Not saying my name's gonna carry out, but this battle is gonna be fought in the city and the suburbs. The Will County area, which I'm really large in, I'm really large out there. Don't get it twisted, you know what I'm saying? I'm really large out there in those communities, so I just want to lock it up and make sure that they're ready for black showmen, first congressional district run, because sometimes, you know, they say I'm too black for them. Most of my Republican friends say I'm too black for them. So I'm, I'm, concluding, I'm concluding my little tour, and I, I'm, I plan on wrapping up on, it, on um, the 30th. And maybe I can come back on your show, give, give you my announcements, and maybe I might make my announcement on your yeah, show. Yeah, we would like that like very that. much. Uh, we definitely got to have you back on as we get closer. And maybe we'll have you on with uh, Bobby Rush. I don't think he would or not, but we will see about that. So, Chairman, what's the agenda after uh, Tuesday? Listen, again, yeah, uh, I, I, I got no problem with, I got no problem with Reverend Rush. 
when I was in college, he helped me do my I'm a history major. He helped me give me a nice dissertation on history of black pastors. I mean, this has nothing to do with Bot We Brush. It's having to do with the black community right now, and our representation is not giving us our adequate fair share. Right now, we have a black president. There should be no hungry black children in America today, flat out. I don't care how you slice it. He might, he's going to get another chance. He might not get another chance. It's now or never. There is no tomorrow for black America. It's right now or never. And a black democratic organization, Chicago Cook County Democratic Organization, has got to realize that no longer, no more, no more. I'm the only black Republican out here screaming this. I'm the only black. I'm the only Republican here in Cook County. I mean, you probably know no other Republican but me. And I'm the okay. only one from the window to the right. wall. Well, we're going to have to follow up with you as as well as getting you in uh, an issue of South Street Journal as well. So, uh, Chairman, what's the agenda after Tuesday? What are you seeing that we need to be and where we need to go? Well, you 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 heard the, the big the big bang the big bang theory, you know what I'm saying? So uh, Tuesday, August thirty, we talking about the big bang practice, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so this this ain't no end all thing, this ain't no end all panacea. We talking about it's gonna be a part of the ongoing process to organize our people. Uh, I'm out there in the valley, and I represent some some forces out there who, who couldn't even afford to buy the Jim Jones, excuse me, the Obama juice. You know what I'm saying? When everybody was getting half the, the the Obama juice. So we do what we did, what we got, we haven't done what we got to deal with. Is these rapid cases of police terrorism? They, I mean, they only report to you the amount of cases of young brothers who's getting gunned down by the police. The amount of agent provocateurs. Please hear me on that word. Agent provocateurs that flooded through Inglewood and through Lawndale. I mean, documented informants. They flood through our community. Plus, now these young brothers are saying they engage in the drug trade. There's a real war going down in our communities that. You know what I'm saying? That you talk about Afghanistan and Iraq, it's going down right in the colonized communities. So our thing is to try to form some principal coalitions with our people, man, and on down here on the valley, because a lot of times people want to hear it until it hits the mountaintop, until it hits them. You know what I'm saying? But we ain't doing these replicates of police terrorism, lack of opportunities. Again, it don't get reported on the news, and that people are scared to talk about. So that's what we are that's, that's what we are doing, mobilizing energy on a day to day basis, even before uh white people like Oliver Stone make a movie about it, talk about it or something you know, the uh the Chicago um, sometimes make to talk about we go down a day to day basis organize the people before it becomes politically correct to address it. Okay, what's happening with uh, Aaron Patterson? What has he uh, done? Yeah, he's, uh, he's recently uh, recently been transferred to Pennsylvania. Um, he, uh, he, you know, he's still held captive, still fighting back when he was trying to fight on the appeal of that case, as well as there's so many other, you know, cases that we're dealing with, grappling with. You know, what I'm saying. Uh, matter, matter of fact, it's uh, Pam Africa being there also from uh, Philadelphia to update on the case with Abu Jamal and. You know, it's Montreal, Conway, and some, a whole bunch of more political prisons throughout this country. But, yeah, uh, Pat has recently been transferred to Pennsylvania, um, and I, I, I can get that direct contact to you, ASAP. Yeah, uh, we definitely need to uh, keep that in the, in the media of South Street Journal and uh, to follow up on that, to keep that uh, well, keep the community well informed of that. I, I definitely want to uh, thank you both for being on uh, Chicago's Black Business Network Keep in mind that it's uh, Black Wall Street uh, USA. We are about sustaining and increasing black business. Uh, Brother Tillman, you did come on talking initially about your agenda as it relates to uh, black business. And, uh, Brother uh, Chairman, you uh, we got to focus a little bit more. Uh, I don't think you've ever been to a summit before, have you? No, I have. I'm, 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 I'm too broke to pay attention. We, I, can't, I, I can't see the plan. See, we've been so 
So, bro, we can't get, get uh, to the Summer of the Financial uh, Plan, bro. We're going to make it happen. Well, bro. we are looking at two things for your information. There are three uh, black Wall Street districts on the west side, 16th Street, um, Madison Street, and Chicago Avenue. And there are some brothers over there. I think you know Grady Nowood. You know uh, Mark uh, uh, Carter and uh, Paul. Yeah, I'm yeah, you. Yeah, matter of fact, we're gonna have to get them on. We're gonna have to get all of y'all on there. Well, if I don't know if I can control y'all all at the same time, but I give my best to do so. But again, I want to thank you, uh, Sonia. Did I give you any time? This is the most time you gave me all year, Chairman. You listen to Black Wall Street USA. Gave me three minutes. No, you listen to Black Wall Street USA with Chairman Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. Our guest for this evening. Uh, Jimmy Tillman II, who's running uh, as a – and thank you so much, Jimmy, for joining us. I'm looking forward to it. That's inspiring in you. I'm looking forward to you. And I'm doing that interview, too. So you come over here and we'll set up that uh, interview, and that will be my story for uh, September. I look forward to That's doing that. I appreciate that. And you can also Facebook me and my, um, Jimmy Lee Tillman II, and at Martin Luther King a Republican group on Facebook also. Wonderful, wonderful. I want to thank the Chairman Fred Hampton Jr. also for joining us. It has been an absolute uh, honor to have both of you here, Chairman. Yeah, I and thank tell you, both thank of you both mothers, I, tell both of y'all I mothers think, I, I said hello. They both know me, so yes, tell indeed. both of them I said hello. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for my uh, for brother Chairman, my brother Collins, sister, uh, also. Thank y'all. I look forward to seeing y'all Tuesday at 12 o'clock. Also, I'm on Facebook at The Real Chairman Fred Jr., The Real Chairman Fred Jr. on Facebook. All right. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank y'all. Want to want to remind everyone uh, that Black Wall Street USA is on the air every Thursday evening from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. as we reach out across the country and find out what works for us. That's where we're going. That's what we're interested in talking about. Ranting and raving and hollering and screaming does not accomplish anything. That is the direction that we're going in. Just like uh, tonight, we made something happen. Uh, Black Wall Street youth, uh, Jimmy Tillman and the chairman, they're meeting up on Madison at noon, 2300 West over there at noon on Tuesday evening. That is what we're doing. That is what we're about here. Right, chairman? Oh, this chairman. See there, I got oh, mixed that up. Chairman. I'm looking for the other chairman. Oh, yeah, this chairman. Yes, you're right. <laughs> and that's okay. I want to uh, give you a couple of reminders while I have two or three minutes left. want to thank Naomi Davis for being our guest last week. She has a full agenda also, and we look forward to having her back again. You can visit her site at blacksandgreen.org. Uh, she has a musical coming up this Saturday. Take a look at uh, Sunday. Chairman, don't forget you have tickets for that at 145 That's on correct. Sunday at right. the DeSalvo Museum. Don't forget you have tickets. And um want to remind you to go over there and show your support. Also, I want to remind you that we have a new show coming up on Saturday. That's 10 a.m. to noon with uh, Dr. Constance D. Shabazz. She owns Books, I-N-K, bookstore out there on 103rd and Hall. That's right there on the metric track. She's been over there for about seven years, I do believe. Her show is Book Talk. You can check our webpage here, www.chicagosblackbusinessradionetwork.com. You can join me on Facebook, 
song at Purdue. You can join Ron Carter on Facebook. He's in there sometimes. Go over there and say hello to him. Also, don't want to forget the Sax Preacher Ron Parade uh, this Saturday. Correct. Uh, meeting at meeting at 76 in Cottage Grove. Uh, Temple of Mercy Association is hosting the Marcus Garvey Parade on Saturday, August 27th. The month is going fast, people. Get your kids ready for school. Go on, go on over there. Take a few dollars. Help support those businesses. Help keep them alive over there. You got 10 seconds, Chairman. Get the final word. Well, we definitely want to um, uh, invite everyone to be this Saturday at the uh, the march down um, 75th Street, 79th Street, which is the Black Wall Street District, where we have 95% of the 118 businesses that are black, and we want to pump that up. We have 17 Black Wall Street districts in the city of Chicago. Uh, the Urban League probably didn't know what they was talking about uh, four years ago when they said Chicago will be the next Black Wall Street. So we are pushing it. Uh, we understand that in order for everything to work, we need businesses to sustain any movement, whether it is political and whether it's the revolutionary uh, actions, that we need our own economic base. So that's the agenda of Black Wall Street, and we invite everyone to be with us every uh, Thursday morning at 8.30 as we plan in sustaining and increasing black businesses. Did I get you it? To black, you listen to Black Wall Street USA. That's the chairman, Ron Carter. You know I can't tell him, can't tell him the truth. I told him 10 minutes. Thank you for being with us this <laughs> evening. <laughs> We look forward to hearing from you next Thursday. Have a wonderful night. Good night, all. Good night. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.